these basic primal needs that we have acceptance connectedness contentment freedom gratification prestige and survival they often will create fear so there's these primal fears that come from these and there's what i've read and tried to sort of refine down there's about five of these primal fears and each one of them can sort of re result in you know slightly high level fears and it, it, it can grow into other aspects but i'm trying to break it down to the very core aspects so we can start to learn about ourselves from this core being because i often talk about you know you've got the external environment and then you've got your conscious and then your subconscious and right at the subconscious is your core beliefs and your core values and this is what you've had since you were seven years old but i think an aspect of these also comes from your primal instincts and your primal fears and needs and if we can learn and bring awareness to what these may be then we can really find the one two three whatever it is that maybe hits us a bit more good morning good afternoon and good evening my name is jake and you are listening to the success shift a show where perfection does not exist but learning and growth take center stage have you ever felt stuck like you're doing all the work but not getting the results Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. We're here for a new week, new episode, new lessons, new mindset, all the above, and I'm very excited to get into it. I've, I sort of slowed down a lot of my research over this last week as I was going through a transition, and then I picked it up again over the weekend, and now I've just, this is what I was saying last week, that I've got so much that I want to talk about and trying to figure out where to start, and so last week we spoke about decision fatigue, and now trying to get some of that routine in place, um, it's, it's this kind of balance where I've got information coming in that I want to structure and put out, but I got more coming in than I have time to put it out. So um, I did contemplate maybe bringing back five days a week, but I think um, I've also got to keep in mind my the balance of all the things that I can do. I am only a simple human uh, and new father, so I have to try and keep things at bay. So we'll try and get through as much of the information as we can today that I want to share. And then uh, next week or later in the week, we're going to be talking and the reason I present it to you now is because I really want to set it in stone for myself is that we're going to be talking a bit about why we can't follow rules, because I think one of the key aspects and I've spoken about this many times is that trading is quite simple. You make a trading plan, you follow the rules. If you can't follow the rules, you've got to figure out why. And that is trading psychology. That is mindset. That is emotion. X, Y, Z. There's lots of reasons why we don't. But all we really want to do is create a trading plan that we know works and then follow the rules exactly as they're meant to be and fall in love with that process. It's a two-step process. It's very simple, but we cannot do it because we are humans and we are not trained or built that way, right? And before we dive in, and the reason I say we're not trained or built that way is because today I want to talk about uh, primal needs and primal fears and how we've got to understand ourselves to a certain level. Um, the fact that we are humans, that we do have these primal needs, desires, drives, and that there's certain aspects of us that we can't, I think, change in my belief, but there are definitely certain areas within those that we can learn and learn how to manage 
and definitely get better at. So I think a lot of people look at trading and go, oh, how do you have no emotion? And I do say this a bit where I don't think it's not having emotion at all, but I think it's being able to completely control and manage the emotions that, that come up or acknowledge and move past the emotions. So I think it's inhumane to feel emotion, but I think that my personal belief is that as traders, we can we can feel, we can get to a point where we, ah, oh, that's emotion. I do not need that. I need to go back to the logical or this is too much emotion. I'm stepping away. And it's about the self-awareness and self-management um, aspect of it. But I digress. Let's talk a bit about gratitude. Um, today, I'm very grateful. My my best friend, I've known him for 20 years now, and we've been friends since we we're what, 10 years old, so I'm 30. And he just had a baby. Now, I, you know, my, I had my son seven months ago, and he had his little daughter exactly seven months later. So it's very interesting the way the universe works. We came to Germany. My partner and I had my ba our baby or became pregnant. And then her best friend was going to be the midwife. And then I think two, three months later, they became pregnant. And so my, my wife's best friend couldn't be the midwife. Instead, she had a baby alongside. So her best friend and her now have children um, within three months. And then during that period, I found out that my best friend over in Australia, he was pregnant, or well, not him himself, but you know his partner was pregnant and that he's now had his little boy. So I'm extremely grateful um, that as life progresses, both of us have our best friends who are going through a new phase of life together, which I think is absolutely incredible. I'm extremely grateful for health and happiness. Their pregnancy, their birth was um, very straightforward, no hiccups, anything like that. And they're very happy and healthy and at home. So I'm extremely grateful for that. I'm extremely grateful to get to experience the joys of parenthood and all that comes along with that process with him. And so it's a different conversation. I'm sure if you've had kids, you know, speaking to other parents that there's a conversation had between parents. And then if you haven't had a parent, it's just like, oh, why are you talking about your kids again? Um, but I'm very, very grateful that now me and my best friend of 20 years can now go along this journey together. And as they grow and progress through the rest of their lives, we can grow and progress as parents as well. So that's very magical to me. Chuck in some gratitude into the chat um, for what you're grateful for today. We've got a bit of it coming in already. I'm grateful for my health today. Yes, nothing like being healthy. I'm actually nursing an injury. Um, it's nothing major, just a small foot, but I've been running every single day this year, but it was just niggling and just didn't go away. So this last week I've been walking. So I've doubled my minimum distance. You may have heard me say my goal is to run one kilometer every day. Well, this week I was like, okay, I'm going to walk two kilometers because I want to try and take that stress off. But I'm, I'm still feeling a difference. Like I'm missing my jog. I'm missing that um, that routine and that that building that um, blood pressure up. And so I think today, and I, I, when that happens, my uh, diet starts to slip. And so the, the health, finding gratitude for health today uh, hits me a bit different today as well. So I've got to find gratitude for the health that I've got and hope that my foot gets better so I can get back to my, my peak. <laughs> Wow, baby blessings to all. Thank you very much, Shelly. Morning, that's awesome. Grateful to be heading home today, as sad as I am to leave. Not sure where you are currently or where you're leaving to, but uh, yeah, it's one of those bittersweet. If you're on holiday, it's definitely a bittersweet. Good to be going home and getting back to that comfortable zone, but also sometimes bad to be sad to be leaving. Grateful that I'm able to see the beauty and value in winning and losing in trades slash life's lessons. That's really powerful. I think often and I was listening to Mark Douglas earlier today actually and they were talking about how we associate ourselves what we think about ourselves 
with the outcome of our trade. And so lots of the time, and you can chuck some ones in the chat if you do this as well. I know I did for a long time and I still sometimes do. And it wasn't until I brought the awareness to it today that I'm like, ah, oh, something I should change. But bring the awareness to, oh, I lost the trade. I'm a loser. I'm not good at this. Or I won a trade. I'm a winner. I'm great at this, right? And what we're doing here is we're associating our self-worth to what happens on the charts. And we have to remember that every single chart Every single trade, I mean, has a random outcome. Every single trade is completely unique in itself. And every single trade um, really is, is, can, be, um, can come up with any outcome. Sorry, I went off on a chain of thought in my head there. So we cannot depict our self-worth based on a trade. So if we're going, oh, I've lost this trade. I'm a loser. I suck at this, blah, 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 negative self-talk what's our self-narrative, all the stuff we talk about, then we really have to take a step back and go, okay, this means that we are not trading in probability. This means that we are not taking the lessons from an objective point of view. We're attaching ourselves to the lessons and and attaching our self-worth to the lessons that we're meant to be taking. And we can't do this as trading. It's just going to be detrimental. And we're just going to put ourselves into a spiral of emotional trading. As soon as we go, oh, I made a losing trade. I'm a loser. I'm not good at this, blah, 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 blah. Then we've attached emotion to what's happened and we're living in the past. As soon as we go, oh, I am a winner. I've attached I, my emotion to this trade. I'm great at this. I'm I'm amazing. You know, this gives this I'm unstoppable kind of feeling. And then all of a sudden, bang, we're back to this emotional trading. Okay. And you have to understand that you can have a strategy that sometimes you lose three trades in a row. It does not mean you're a loser. It just means that for some reason you had three consecutive trades that matched your trading style, matched your trading plan, did everything in sync, but just didn't play out. And that is okay. That is 100% a part of trading. But once we start to attach our self-worth to this losing streak or winning streak, then what happens? We start to trade differently. We start to trade with emotions. We start to manipulate our trading plan to match the situation. Oh, I've had three trades. I've got to be extra cautious. I've got to protect this. Now I'm trading in fear because I'm assuming that because of my last three losses, the fourth one's going to be a loss. And this is not true. Once we start doing that, this is when we start to get detrimental feedback to ourselves and we go, maybe my trading plan's not worth it. Maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe X, Y, Z. And so I have digressed a little bit, but the original gratitude comment was that I'm able to take value in winning and losing in trading and in life's lessons. And I think it's a really key factor to be able to do that without attaching self-worth to it. My original point was being able to take the lessons, both winning and losses, and Learn from them without attaching your self-worth and realize that your self-worth is not outcomes-based. It's completely, I would say, value-based and how you perceive yourself. So you can, and I think this is kind of a long way your gratitude may have coming from, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but seeing there was something wrong, taking a lesson and not being like, oh, this is me because of the lesson, but I'm able to observe that and learn from it. Great. It doesn't change who I am. In fact, I can grow a little bit from it, but it has nothing to do with my self-worth. And I think finding gratitude for the ability to take lessons from wins and losses is very, very powerful. And I think it's great that you're able to find that and to acknowledge it and have gratitude from it. Now, we definitely got some ones in the chat from people who are doing the same thing, who are going and attaching their self-worth to the trades. And it's not, once we can start to bring awareness to that, then we can start to remove it, right? It's like, oh, we have awareness about the habit that we want removed. Now we can start bringing attention to it and start removing that habit. And I think the, the quicker we can remove our self-worth to our outcome base due to trading, 
the faster we can get more around probability-based trading and less about emotional and um, and yeah, emotional trading. So just checking through the chats here. Yes, improving. I do three positive for every one negative. Yes, that is me. I have been listening through Mark Douglas and has his concepts of probability and our unknowability of each and every trade. Yeah, Mark Douglas is really, really good. In fact, he's where I inspire a lot of my teachings and lessons from. And I think he's got a brilliant mind or had a brilliant mind. Um, and I highly recommend lots lots of his videos and spending lots of time going over some of the stuff he has to share because he's got some great advice. Okay. So went off a little bit there, but what I wanted to speak about today um, is a little bit about primal needs and primal fears. And now I'm sure you've heard about our basic needs. People need food, water, shelter, safety to survive, right? And this comes down to the base aspects of all kind of living. We need food, we need water, and most of us need shelter and a sense of security or safety. But I want to dive a little bit deeper into, and when you're thinking about these concepts, maybe think about them from an animalistic point of view. Think about the chimps. Think about actually out there in nature at our raw core um, core aspects. And think about how we can kind of relate them into our lives and where we can um, look at them in terms of, okay, if this is my basic need, this is a primal need of me that's inside. So these primal needs are ingrained into our subconscious. And this is a lot a concept that I was reading a lot about over the last couple of weeks and I quite liked. And, you know, we do have these primal needs that have just come from way, 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 way back when. And there is a certain aspect to us that still has this within us. And like I said at the start, we can learn to manage these and we can learn to be aware of them and have them not affect us, but they are there to a certain degree. And when emotions come up, when when things fire and these certain primal needs tend to be at the base core aspect of where your fear or where your emotion or where your greed or whatever it is that um, your feeling comes from. So it was an interesting concept. So I want to bring it to your attention. And these eight one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven primal needs um, are acceptance. So we all want to feel accepted. Or um, the next one is connectedness. And so to combined, I feel like we all want to feel like we're maybe contributing. Think about like if a monkey in a group ends up getting outcast and they're not doing anything and they get shunted, then shunted to the to the outside, marginalized, then usually that's not good for them because what happens is they're trying to hunt and survive on their own. And eventually that ends up in, um, you know, death or malnutrition and again, death. So these concepts really come from that aspect. And so we've got acceptance, connectedness, contentment, freedom, gratification, prestige, and survival. So obviously we all want to survive. We all want to live. Um, but survival without a bunch of these things kind of becomes just mundane and and useless. And I think they've done lots of these tests on like rats and stuff like that, where dopamine depletion, having no motivation, there's just like no need or want to survive. So whilst we all want to survive and live at a base level, I think we also want to be accepted. We want to have this feeling of freedom, like no one likes to be um, entrapped in anywhere or feeling like they can't speak or share their ideas. Uh, contentment so like you want to have some level of happiness and satisfaction in your life so no matter what it is you're doing if you find no happiness or gratification or anything 
from the job that you're doing, for example, or the, contribute, the contributing you're doing in society, if you're giving back, if you're doing volunteer work, if you're not doing any of that, then you start to feel this emptiness, I guess, and this 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 part of you that's like, oh, I'm not getting any gratification out of this. This is going to just slowly wear me down. Same with that connectedness. If you kind of, I mean, a lot of travelers can probably relate to this. Once you start traveling, especially if you do solo traveling, um, you do get to make connections um, that can be quick. And sometimes you make connections very quickly that last forever. But as you travel to the next place, sometimes it can be quite lonely and you, you're living this great life traveling around, but you're missing that connectedness with people on a, on a bit more of a deep level. Same with acceptance. Sometimes, especially if you're going into different cultures, and I use traveling because that's where I can relate, but if you go into different cultures, areas, sometimes it's really hard to be accepted and you feel like a bit of an outcast yourself and you're like, oh, you know, and you get this awkwardness and this feeling and this this fear and all this sort of stuff that comes up. So these basic primal needs that we have, acceptance, connectedness, contentment, freedom, gratification, prestige, and survival, they often will create fear. So there's these primal fears that come from these. And there's what I've read and tried to sort of refine down. There's about five of these primal fears. And each one of them can sort of re result in, you know, slightly higher level fears and it, it can grow into other aspects. But I'm trying to break it down to the very core aspects so we can start to learn about ourselves from this core being. Because I often talk about, you know, you've got the external environment and then you've got your conscious and then your subconscious. And right at the subconscious is your core beliefs and your core values. And this is what you've had since you were seven years old. But I think an aspect of these also comes from your primal instincts and your primal fears and needs. And if we can learn and bring awareness to what these may be, then we can really find the one, two, three, whatever it is that maybe hits us a bit more. So you, as I go through these, you might be like, ah, that's me, that one right there, I really relate to. And maybe that is one of the core beliefs that you can look at trying to shift or that you can look at trying to develop or grow um, to a certain higher degree. So these five fears that really are, and again, I'm looking at this from a very primal, animalistic kind of point of view, which is where we've, in my opinion, from evolution, don't know what your theory on evolution and where we came from is, it's all up to you, but from my point of view, we've come from that, that evolutionary um, string, and we've got these primal fears. So the fear of identity loss, or what's known as ego death, and so this is really where you don't know who you are anymore. And if you're constantly jumping around and sometimes people will get, and this is very common, I think midlife crisis and all those um, middle age kind of outbursts that what's the, the man's midlife crisis where he buys a convertible or a motorbike. You know, this comes from going through certain routines that are mundane and then maybe you're not re re achieving all of these primal needs. And you're like, who am, who even am I anymore? I've just become part of the routine. I'm part of, my environment now i don't have any of my core happiness or core traits or maybe you're not feeling accepted maybe you don't have that gratification whatever it is and so you have this ego death you lose who you really feel you are at that core belief and now don't get me wrong you can change who you are at that core belief and this is pretty much the whole point of this is to find out who you are and try and become proud of that but once you start to lose that you've got this fear of identity loss or this ego death Okay, the other fears we have is shame of troubling others. So shame of losing our autonomy. And this comes from, again, at a primal level, say you get injured. Now, there was a fear of mutilation, which is becoming really poorly, uh, really badly injured either. And now we think about this in a physical aspect, but this could be also be mentally um, where you get so badly injured to a degree where you're almost unrepairable. So serious car accident, for example, that is a fear of 
um, mutilation or there is, I would like to put it into a, a mental state where we've got PTSD or really traumatic concepts and people are terrified of that. And so by doing, having this fear of mutilation, we also, that gives us a fear of being fully alive because being fully alive comes with risk, comes with risk of critique, comes with risk of injury, comes with risk of standing out and, and you know, leaving the comfort of, of your um, environment. And so by being scared of being fully alive, this can restrict us from taking opportunities. You know, people who are like, oh, that sounds too good to be true. I just want to live in my bubble. I'm not going to take the risks. It's just safer for me to just be here and, and find contentment. But sometimes it's not real contentment. It's a safety net of contentment um, in, in, um, in acceptedness in, in the community. So you, you're comfortable because there's people around you, but maybe that's not really who you are at the core. And so this has this contradiction, like, okay, I don't want to be, I've got this fear of mutilation. So therefore I don't want to be fully alive, but by doing so this fear of ego death comes and I get stuck in this kind of battle of myself. Okay. And now shame of troubling others, which is where I started. This comes from losing your aut autonomy. So if anything happens to you and people are now relying on you or you're relying on someone else, shall I say. So if you've had an accident and you need people to care for you, that's a real fear of a lot of people. I know for me and my partner, we spoke about this. And if anything was serious to happen to me, I wouldn't want her to spend the rest of her life looking after me and caring for me and doing all those things. I would want her to still go and live a fulfilled life. And so I think for me, I have that fear of of autonomy as in losing autonomy, shall I say. So that fear of troubling others, being a burden. And that can be at any level, you know, sometimes people are afraid of asking for help because they don't want to be a burden. I know for a fact that in our trading group, we've got, I don't know, 50 people that show up every day, roughly. And there's about two or three people that talk and ask questions. And then afterwards, our inboxes get flooded with questions and like, how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I do this? And it blows, I mean, I've spoken to Teresa about this. It blows our mind because the whole point of the live community is so that people can ask questions and get the answers so they can learn and grow and be better and independent. But no one will speak up on these calls. And I think that's through fear, this, this primal fear of being troublesome, um, you know, losing that autonomy, having people like, oh, you know, I, I kind of need your help. Can you help me with this? Yes. Certain situations that can be inconvenient to some people, which I feel like it shouldn't be. I think that's a something we should break down in society and everyone should be able to ask help for help. And I think it's a great way to grow, but there's certain situations where they're actually made for that. So this fear of asking or being troublesome or, or being annoying to someone, especially in environments like our trading community should really be looked at because if you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, I want to ask this question, but I'm scared that someone might think it's a stupid question. Or I want to ask this question, but I don't want to be annoying because I know we're just talking about it a little bit and maybe I should have got this is these primal fears that we need to address. And once we can start to get on top of them, hopefully a lot of these um, barriers can be broken down. Okay. So then there's the fear of losing loved ones or loved ones losing them. So that separation. And I guess this comes back to that, um, that example I was using with the monkey at the start, you know, when a monkey is, I don't know why I'm using monkeys, but let's just go with it. And a monkey is abandoned from the rest of the pack and no one looks after them and they're not in the in their, their group. Then that feeling of acceptedness, that feeling of um, connectedness all goes away. And unless they've got a real strong desire coming from somewhere else, sometimes they just go off into the bush and pretty much die because they don't have that um, that safety net. They don't have that community. They don't have a lot of these primal needs. And so the fear of actually being separated, again, stops people from 
fully living, from really reaching their potential, from really growing that, that tall poppy syndrome that we spoke about just last week, where um, it's that I don't really want to, I don't know if I'm really deserving of standing out because what happens if people don't like that? What happens if people criticize me, if people don't like me for it? And so again, I think this comes, um, this can come from that, that fear of separation or losing loved ones or loved ones losing themselves. How many times, put some ones in the chat, if you've really wanted to do something, but you're like, oh, I can't because my friend might think different of me or my partner might think that I'm crazy for wanting to do that or I don't really want to talk about it because someone's going to judge me for it, right? That's that feeling of separation. If we have, see, one, 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 right? So if we have people around us who we're scared of being, you know, that criticism, that fear of being judged, that fear of being marginalized and pushed aside, this comes from one of those primal fears, that fear of separation. And then, of course, there's the fear of death, which I believe is the underlying one to a lot of people. Lots of people can't accept and come to the terms with death, which puts them in a state of fear, resilient, like resilient living, and just always being a bit cautionary. And I know that some people who've come close, you know, near death experiences, after that, they live these full lives because they're just not scared of it anymore. They've come to terms with the, the fact that it is part of life. At one stage, every single person will die. And if you don't live in the fear of that, you're able to be a lot more free and open and just embrace a lot more things and a lot more risk and a lot more opportunity. We're terrified of dying. We don't want to take any risks. I mean, I've just become a father, but look at some of the mothers. They're very, very much like, ah, protect my baby. It can't do anything. I'm scared. I'm terrified. I don't want to get hurt, right? You may have even been a mother like that yourself. But if we have that, then what do we do? Oh, no, I, you can't go play this dangerous sport or you can't go do this or you can't go do that because you may get hurt, you may get injured, right? And so this fear of, of I mean, obviously death is a much more extreme version than a mother looking after their child, but um, you get the point where if there is that fear of injury or anything like that, then there is that restraint and that, um, yeah, restriction for the way they live. Um, all right, so these things can also build into fear of self-assertion. So these are some of the ones that, as I was saying, there's a few of these fears that actually compound from these primal fears and the fear of self-assertion. So speaking up, speaking out, sometimes we're very scared. And this is an exact example of what I was saying in the in the community trading. We have the fear of being alone. Again, this comes from that separation and the fear of connecting. You know, how many times have you been like, oh, what if they don't like me? Um, I'm not going to go say anything. What if, what if they just treat me mean? What if the criticism? But then on the contrary to that, we have, oh, what if they do like me? Or what if like I have to then hang out and go do things and, you know, oh, you know, maybe it's just better to not do anything. Let's just stay at home. Let's just not even try. You know, and I'm sure some people have had that conversation with themselves. I know I have at some points. What if they don't like me? What if they do like me? It sounds like it's a lose-lose. So I'm just going to sit here and do nothing about it. And this can be taken back to many, many levels of, um, of our life. You know, what if I do succeed? What if I don't succeed? I'm just not going to try. And I'm sure you can relate to this this sort of it's 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 a lose-lose situation really and we want to put ourselves in win-win situations not lose-lose situations so trying to acknowledge some of the fears that have hit you maybe when listening to this podcast like which ones struck out to you which one like oh that's me you know i'm really terrified of this and then think about how okay how is trading going to affect this or how is this going to affect me during trading you know what is my relationship with money am i actually living in fear am i am i scared of losing it all so then i'll actually because oftentimes money masks another fear oh i'm scared of losing money but why are you scared of losing money or i'm scared of having x x amount of money why are you scared of having that much amount of money and so it often money drives us in a lot of ways but the actual fears and the actual reasons behind why we have those fears is 
that the relationship with money is hidden underneath. And relationship with money is so important when trading. But I think if you can understand and go deeper and really understand why you have that relationship with money, then you can start to shift it. Okay. Now, that was a mouthful. We have gotten to the end of this call and we should go jump over to the trading call because it's already started. I really hope you could take some of stuff away from that. It was a little bit um, of a different sort of stream of things I want to talk about. But again, core beliefs and core values are so important to what I think is going to help you shift you on that path to successful trading. So if we can learn them and our primal fears and our primal needs, et cetera, then we can actually start to learn ourselves a bit better. Okay. So jump on over to the chat, go through your your trading plan, go through your checklist. If you've got the journal, go through your whys, go through everything inside there. Make sure you're in the right state of mind and the right um, mindset for trading. And yeah, grab some pips. And if you're listening on the podcast, I shall speak to you later. Bye.